0: i just want to say that you have got to be the most insipid ridiculously idiotic moronic person i've ever heard on any form of media exiled by society friends lovers and terrestrial radio a guy with literally nothing left to lose for 15 years he's been telling it like it is this is the zip code famous michael groff show decided that I have to vote for Ben Carson in 2016. I'm sorry, I know this goes against everything you've heard on this show, but I I need I need to vote for Ben. I am now campaigning hardcore for Dr. Ben Carson everybody. Because every day is like Christmas morning with this guy. He has a, a brand new Stupid thing to say every single day, and I love it. And I, I cannot. It's literally too good to pass up. You, how can you say no to this guy? This is a guy that makes Dan Quayle look like a Rhodes Scholar. This is a guy that is—he's amazing. I have never heard somebody. Whom I thought was a smarter person Say dumber things in my life Like when, when I heard about Ben Carson running I had no idea who he was I just knew he was a neurosurgeon He was a political outsider He was just like a regular dude And I thought you know Hey he's a neurosurgeon How bad could it be? Boy was I wrong This guy I have to vote for Ben Carson though Because how can you not have Four years of these amazing quotes Oh my god, alright, welcome in, it's the Zip Code Famous Michael Grav Show on a Tuesday It is November the 10th, 2015 And yes, I am still a little bit under the weather, I am still a little bit congested Uh, That's why we weren't here most of last week I had a lot of, well, last Monday, uh, I had a lot of errands I was running a lot of errands early in the week a lot of things to do and I think what happened was I walked about six miles last Tuesday and I all the time lately I've had these big walks I go on these big walks just have to get out and do a lot of stuff all at once and then I wind up getting sick and I don't know if it's related or not my body's like you know what this is what happens you exercised you know what it's because the weather's finally nice. I can get out of the house, so I've been getting out more. And my body's like, "What what what is this? We were we were indoors and sheltered for months. I don't get it." So, then I finally go out and then I get sick. I get a cold. And this is this is the third cold I've had in 2015. And I don't think the the five years previous, I think I've had two. So this is one of those things that's just really weird. And that cold kicked my ass. I could not do this radio show. Uh, There was no way I could get behind this microphone um, because my voice sounded just absolutely horrendous. And not to mention, it wasn't even that. I could have probably done that part. It was the energy needed to just talk and to formulate a cogent thought for anything longer than about five seconds. And I just could not possibly do that, which probably would have made for a much more interesting show and probably something I should have just done anyway. But I don't know. It was just couldn't even really operate the equipment. So I I do have these random coughing spells. I'm still trying to get past that part. Other than that, though, and a little bit of congestion, I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm alive. I'm well. I am going to make it through this show, although here comes a coughing spell right now. See, back in the live show days, that would have been about 25 seconds of just dead air right there while i'm coughing off mic or you would have just heard me cough right into the mic and hack up whatever the hell it was that just came out of me um but which i'm sure you would have loved to have heard but instead we just have the ability to pause and that's the beauty of podcasting although you know i I love to just try and get these things done as quickly as possible but today this might be a bit of a stretch this show right so we're gonna get through it anyway lots of stuff to get into Uh, here on the program. First of all, contact information for the show. Groffshow at gmail.com. That is my email address. It is groffshow at gmail.com. Michael Groff on Twitter and michaelgroff.com for everything else that is Michael Groff related. And you can sign up. You can subscribe on our show now. So every time a brand new episode of this program is posted, you will get an email notification. That system actually works. I spent... Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I spent literally five hours uh, trying to figure that out. And then I spent even more time because some say it was working and some say it wasn't. So finally, I got it working and it should, theoretically, until it breaks again, be working absolutely fine. And by the time you actually hear this, it may very well not be working again. But go to com and subscribe to this program anyway, just because you want to. And while you're there, you know you can donate to us as well groffshow at gmail.com that is the PayPal address so feel free to send your generous contributions speaking of generous contributions we need to send some to Ben Carson because this guy needs to win do you hear and, and for those of you out there that are, are just not bright enough to get the joke I don't really want him to win okay just saying but uh, I, there is the sadistic masochistic side of me that just hates everything that would just love to see the guy win just in a really warped twisted morbid sort of way because can you imagine a guy that thinks that the pyramids were used to store grain this is something that ben carson actually did. i actually wrote this down i went and looked it up. my brother told me about this we were out to dinner a couple of weeks ago my brother tells me Uh, and because everybody tells me the stupid stuff Ben Carson says, because they just know that I'm all over this guy. This is like my favorite, least favorite candidate. Uh, Every time Ben Carson says anything stupid, which is on a regular basis, my phone blows up, my my Twitter blows up, somebody is messaging me on some form of media, or they come and tell me, they uh, knock on my door. Mike, Mike, what's up? It's 2 a.m., man, what's up? Did you hear what Ben Carson said? Oh my God. So, yeah, I'm out with my brother, and he says to me, did you hear about Ben Carson? He says the pyramids were used to store grain. And, of course, I thought my brother was just totally screwing with me right there, you know. But, uh, no, I came home. I looked it up. In fact, he did say that. So then that's topped off by yesterday's uh, best quote from Ben Carson. He just needs a book Quotable quotes by Ben Carson. He says that any illegal immigrant found to, to be... Any, he's talking about illegal immigrants and voting and says that any illegal immigrant that's found to be voting should have their citizenship stripped. <laughs> this guy. This guy has to become president. This is just... It's way too much... Uh, You know, I really have to question how good of a neurosurgeon this guy is at this point. Ben Carson clearly missed his calling in life. Dude should have been a proctologist, what with all these crazy facts that he's pulling out of his ass left and right. Man, I, I mean, I think it's funny that he's a brain surgeon. And the ironic part is that's probably the part of his body that works the least effectively. Don't you think? My goodness. All right, well, so... So there you go. Uh, for now, I'm just going to keep Ben Carson. Watch continues. Go and check out his Twitter. It's hilarious at real Ben Carson. Uh, he is, uh, there's just, it's, it's, it's a gem. Every single day is a treat with this guy. Speaking of that, Donald Trump is right behind that. He hosted Saturday night live. I didn't really get to see much of it. I, I've been watching a little bit of it now that I'm uh, on the mend and uh, it was actually okay. Uh, Donald's all right, you know, he's an entertainer. So I figured he would do just fine. I know there was a lot of controversy surrounding the show. Really, there was nothing controversial that happened. It's one of those things that got hyped up and everyone got carried away about it. And it's not even that big of a deal. So what, he's running for president. It's not like it was the day before the election. It's a year away. And by the way, can I just say, thank God, we're only a year away from the election. Only a year, which means only... 12 more months of having to talk about this garbage but that's still 12 long long months folks so but at least we're, we're whittling them down uh, very slowly uh, I think the next Republican debate is when is that is that tonight or is that uh, I'm, I'm, I lose track of these damn things the Republicans are having a lot of debates that's what I do know Uh, I don't know if they're having the kids table debate for this next one or not. And I'm pretty sure that Mike Huckabee wasn't asked to be in this next one. And I don't think Chris Christie was either. So that's good. Let's weed out some of these guys. Now, you know me. I am all for getting as many candidates up there and getting as much out there as possible. You know, I got mad when uh, last election, Gary Johnson wasn't allowed to debate Obama and Romney. I thought that that was wrong. Listen, anyone that that's a candidate for president who's part of a of an actual political party which the libertarians are much to the chagrin of some people i think that you should allow those people to go up there and debate but however there does come a point when we've had a series of debates now among the republicans where you have to start cutting it down a little bit just for the sake of watching it on tv Because some of these guys aren't even being given the opportunity to speak anyway. And if we whittle it down, you can have a more focused set of candidates to make fun of. And besides, it means we get to hear more of Ben Carson's wisdom. And who doesn't want to hear that? So I'm all for it. Get rid of the kids table crap. No one cares about what Lindsey Graham and Bobby Jindal think anyway. And let's uh, let's get in on this with, uh, let's just have Carson and Donald Trump already. I mean, that's who, and, and I guess Rubio and Ted Cruz, because that's who it's going to be anyway. And did you hear that Carly Fiorina is upset because people are making fun of her appearance? That's another guy, not another guy, another person that's upset uh, that someone is making fun of their appearance. Um, and that it's classless to do so and all of this kind of thing. Somebody actually said that to me as well uh, because I I said that Donald Trump is bright orange, John Kasich is sweating way too much, and Carly Fiorina needs to stop the Botox injections. People say, well, it really degrades the value of your show when you start talking about that stuff, when you say those kinds of things. Look, I I know you think People out there I know that you think That this show Should just be the beacon Of intellectual fortitude And that we should only talk About things In a very serious tone 100% of the time But let's be honest This is a show Well, first of all It's my show And it's my thoughts And I share thoughts Of the listeners And stuff that I read Out there too But Come on, man Uh, Donald Trump A guy should not be Bright orange Take off all the makeup, man He looks weird it's hard for me to take a candidate seriously that's bright orange it's hard for me to take a candidate seriously who hasn't even been asked a question yet and is having a it, it looks like the guy just came out of the shower he is just dripping wet with sweat and I'm like ugh what's going on there what kind of does he have like a heart condition is John Kastich of diabetes Do, is there something wrong can dude can we uh, should we put an extra air conditioner on you what is going on with that? And yes, I felt that Carly Fiorina needs to stop with the Botox injections. Her mouth can hardly move. And, well, that's not very substantive. Well, you know what? That's my observation. And it's apparently the observation of a lot of people. But here's the thing. The difference between me and some of these people is that I'm not just taking a shot at Carly Fiorina. I'm talking about all these guys. But no, it's not just about what they look like. I know people got mad. Uh, Remember in 2012 during the debate and Candy Crowley was up there? And uh, I said, don't you think it's funny when a a fat person is named Candy? Doesn't anybody else think that's funny? And people, you thought I would have just said that the Holocaust didn't happen or something. Because people had a flip out fest on me. Listen, I can tell you right now, as a guy that has some extra weight, I'm allowed to make fun of other people that are fat. I have entered that that zone where I am allowed, as a fat person, I'm allowed to make fun of other fat people. Yeah, I'm not morbidly obese, but I could lose some weight. I got a beer gut going on. It's fine. I admit it. I'm not here to hide it. I'm not trying to say anything else. So I'm I'm allowed to make fun of other fat people come on, just like I'm allowed, you know, when you're a part of a minority group, well, actually in this country, it's a majority. When you're part of any group, you're allowed to make fun of other people in that group. Isn't that the sociological rule? Like I'm, I have a a quote disability. I'm legally blind. So I'm allowed to make fun of other disabled and blind people. That's the way it goes. You know, white people can't make fun of black people, but black people can make fun of black people and white people. And, you know, there's a there's a hierarchy in our society. There's a structure to it, people. Haven't you been following the rules? It's how it's supposed to work. Oh, my God. I, I think people just take everything way too seriously. That's the problem. I'm having a lot of fun with this presidential debate. I know it infuriates Um, my brother. It infuriates uh, my my family. It infuriates me too, because I can't believe that these are people that are actually running to be the leader of this country. And there's not even a, a single choice that's above mediocre. I mean, Rand Paul is literally the best choice on the Republican ticket. And that's not saying a whole lot, but he is the best choice. I would never vote for the guy in a million years. I mean, on the Democrat side, I don't even know who the best choice is over there. It's definitely not Hillary, and it it can't be Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all of my friends that are the Bernie Sanders supporters out there. I got into another discussion with a, a Bernie Sanders supporter over the weekend. And because I think I said something like, you know, I think right now none of the above is just a great choice. Because I haven't even seen the Libertarians put out a decent candidate yet. I haven't. But, you know, again, we're a year away, but... I said, right now, none of the above is looking like a great option. And the person says, oh, I'm, I'm a Sanders supporter myself. And I thought to myself, and then, of course, the conversation always goes to, I always just take it here. And this is where it always ends. I say, oh, oh you're, so you're supporting Bernie Sanders. So, um, let's just say he gets elected. And how is he ever going to get anything done with a Republican House and Senate? How is a socialist president going to get anything done with a Republican-controlled House and Senate, and then they have no answer. Well, uh, they always kind of, uh, he's going to unite people, and uh, it's like people in his own party, well, or people who are, now he's an independent, technically, but people that are Democrats, that are more closely aligned with his beliefs, even a lot of those guys aren't in favor of him because... One thing about Bernie Sanders is he wants to take away these super PACs and he wants to cut away all this association that political parties have with corporate, uh, with corporations. And there's a lot of people in Bernie's camp in that are more closely affiliated with him that don't like that idea. Democrats don't like it. Republicans don't like it. So how is he ever going to get anything done? His chances of winning an election are very low but even if they're not completely zero let's say he does win yeah how is that ever going to get done and that's when the conversation ends And and i have to say i say how do you plan like when you vote for this guy do you think about that but you know everybody just likes the guy that promises the most stuff that's how it's been that's unfortunately um where the country is headed Every election, more and more people vote for the person that promises more and more free stuff and more and more things to people. And the problem is, and and I agree with some of the stuff that Bernie Sanders says, I'm I'm not completely against uh, some of his principles. It's just how there's a big question of how it's going to get done, because didn't we get duped by another guy that promised a whole bunch of stuff? Oh, just about, what is it, Uh, just about seven years ago, didn't we kind of get duped by a similar thing? Well, I didn't because I didn't vote for Obama, but I mean, didn't a lot of people, at least 54, 55% of the people, 56%, something like that, get duped? And then they got duped a second time. Actually, they didn't really get duped a second time. They knew Obama was crap the second time, but Mitt Romney was an even worse choice. So that was that was the problem uh, back in 2012. Anyway, that's politics right now. That's just the way it is. It's fine. I'm all right with it. I laugh about it. I, I really... The more I've gone on, I go through to pull out some old uh, best of clips for shows down the road and we um, uh, do retrospectives and best of shows and all that sort of thing. And I listen to some of my old rants and, you know, there's a lot of and believe me, I still get passionate and I still get fired up. And there are things in politics that still piss me off. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's not that I've lost the fire, but a lot of this stuff is becoming more and more amusing to me as I'm getting older. Because it's just so absurd. It's amazing that this country runs half as well as it does. It really is when you think about all of the nonsense that goes on. But we're paying for it. I, I, I laugh. I It's just too funny. All right. Uh, there's other stuff I wanted to get into. I, I saw this too. I, I have so much on my desk because I didn't get to do this show last week. So forgive me if some of this material is old. There was a guy in Texas, I think. Some dude, Daniel Fleetwood, who is a 32-year-old guy dying of terminal cancer. And his last wish, as it were, was to see the new Star Wars movie, Episode Seven, The Force Awakens. The doctors had given him, what, a couple of months to live. And as it turns out, the doctors were pretty much right on the nose because uh, he saw the movie just last week. And today, or yesterday... Uh, Daniel Fleetwood died of his cancer. Man, I don't know how to feel about stories like this. Do I feel happy that the guy got to see the movie and that his last wish was fulfilled? Or am I supposed to like feel really sad because now this guy is dead? Uh, his family has lost the, a loved one. And I'm not sure exactly how I'm supposed to feel about a story like this. I guess happy because he was a, a lifelong Star Wars fan and he got to see the new star wars movie before anybody else and got to see it before he died it was his last wish i guess i don't know he's not suffering anymore so i guess that's good he's off in oblivion or nothing or whatever the hell you might believe in and um i don't know. i guess did his family get to see it too cuz if that's if that's the case then i don't know i'm not sure i <laughs> really i don't know how to feel about stories like that i uh I don't know. It's weird. I know that they're probably going to be saddled with a lot of other things to worry about, like uh, all the medical bills from our quality medical care system now that uh, now that Daniel Fleetwood has died. So I guess I'll feel good about it because, because there's bad stuff around the corner for them. All right. Uh, we need to take a break. That's one thing we need to do. And when we continue... Um... Stuff. I do. I have a lot of stuff still to get into. I uh, my, my desk is full of things from last week. We have a brand new feature we need to roll out on the show. Something that uh, this is just, I'm a sucker for lists and this will tie in greatly with our brand new feature so that's coming up and there's a whole lot more still to get into it's the zip code famous Michael Groff Show The Michael Groff Show You passive aggressive bitch This is Knock it off I don't like it any more than you do The Michael Groff Show I'm on a high on a high there's nothing more Sky in the blue that runs through. Running errands, I had some music on and this tune came on and this was actually a song that uh, we were considering using for a theme for a while either an open or the close of the show or something so Nick Kershaw everybody coming at you on a Tuesday alright, groffshow at gmail.com that is our email address, it is groffshow at gmail.com that's also the PayPal address for this program so you can make your incredibly generous and wonderful donations to this uh, fine effort that we put forth. That's again, groffshow at gmail.com email and PayPal. Michael Groff on Twitter and for everything else Michael Groff related, it is michaelgroff.com. Now, forgive the following segment because this is just a lot of stuff I had on the on my desk. I wanted to talk about it a little bit. And I wanted to get into some of this. I know that it's old and dated stuff. I just, I couldn't believe that the Kansas City Royals managed to get over 2 million people to show up for a celebration of their World Series victory. And I know that parades, the uh, post-series parade is big everywhere, but a lot of cities, what, they get 300,000, 500,000. Sometimes they might even get a million people to show up but, I mean, when you're talking two, two and a half million people in Kansas City, of all places, not even a, you know, it's not New York. It's not L.A. or Chicago or Phoenix or Houston or Miami. It's it's Kansas City. I don't know. It seems kind of weird, but they were able to get that many people. And they had people actually, the, the parade was going on. They had people just stop on the interstate, just they turned it into a parking lot, basically. People just stopped on the interstate. They got out of their cars, and they just walked to the event and were just parked. They had only a couple of lanes open on the interstate, and then the others were just a, a basically a giant parking garage or parking lot. So that's amazing. Congratulations. And I would argue that that was the first legitimate World Series that the Kansas City Royals had won. I know they won it in 1985. I get it. But that's the Don Dankinger World Series, and it's hard to make the argument that they actually legitimately won back then. All right, so I thought I'd mention that. Uh, There was a British guy that tried to smuggle in, among other things, a McMuffin into prison. So if you're going to jail and you can smuggle in something and you're going to take the chance to try and smuggle something into the joint, um, I would figure you'd want to make it something worth your while. Uh, This dude managed to, let's see, he was caught on camera smuggling drugs, a knife, okay, those sound legit, and a McMuffin into a prison using a fishing line. Carl Jensen was spotted on CCTV attaching a bag containing a bizarre mix of goods to the fishing line before it is then (laughs) hauled into the... uh, Notorious Wormwood Scrubs Prison in London So There you go This guy tried to smuggle in a McMuffin I just thought that was That's great And I wonder Are the McMuffins over there In London Are they any different than ours? Do they taste different? I imagine they must, right? If I go on a European vacation That's what I'm going to do I'm going to sample The various Fast food American fast food cuisine At the at these different places Oh, Mike, how was your European vacation? Oh, it was great. I went over to London. Oh, man, do you have any of that British food? Is it really as terrible as people say? You know what? I don't know because I ate McDonald's. I wanted to see if the McMuffins tasted different. I went to Scotland and had Wendy's. Do you have any of the beer? Nah, you know what I did? I didn't. I I was too busy having the fast food from American joints. They opened a Denny's in France. I wanted to see if the Grand Slam tasted the same. If it was Le Grand Slam. I wanted to see if it was just as good. Actually, I would not do that to my body. I would sooner eat French food than I would eat uh, any Denny's product or whatever. So, I'm sorry. Sorry, Denny's. It's great, and you were a part of my childhood. But my colon is still trying to recover from the last time I tried to get down a Grand Slam. I'm sorry, guys. All right. So there's, uh, there's that story. Uh, let's see what else is happening here. Uh, just random other stuff that I had. Oh, the, the Taco Bell executive. This was a great story. So there was a Taco Bell executive that assaulted an Uber driver. And I, I still have not used Uber yet, by the way. People say I should, and I know I, I really should try it, and I want to see what it's all about. I have not yet used Uber. Probably will at some point. Anyway... I don't know. People say it's cheaper, but then other people tell me that it's m- more expensive. I-, I don't know who to believe on that. I I don't know. I've just used a cab, guys. You know, uh, around here it's um it's always really creepy, creepy older guys with chomo mustaches that uh, take you around different places or. It's like the one black guy that lives in Phoenix that doesn't play for the Phoenix Suns or the Arizona Cardinals or the Diamondbacks. And uh, he's always like just really happy to be doing the job. And he's like the nicest guy ever. But he's just he's the one and only black guy that, that, that lives in Phoenix and he's driving the cab. So that's literally those are the people that drive. It's either you, you hope for that guy because otherwise it's the creepy white dude chomo guys. That drive the cabs here in Phoenix. I hope none of them listen to this show. Hey man, uh, I heard what you said about me, man. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a chill man. I'm just a, I'm just a burnout, bro. You know, want to go and smoke? All right, cool. All right, anyway, so yeah, the the Taco Bell executive Benjamin Golden, 32, 32 year old guy, he was arrested. On assault and disorderly conduct charges, according to Costa Mesa Police Department, Golden of Newport Beach was locked in jail. Has since been released, but he apparently was drunk, got into this cab, got into an argument with the driver. The driver said, nope, Uh, said, get out of the car. We're done. You have to leave. All right, man. He's like, well, the driver's like, all right, man, I got to kick you. Sorry, dude. You're just too drunk. I can't do this. This ride's over. Get out of my car or I'll call the police, he said. And he's like, No, man, I just, I'm telling, are you serious, man? One of those drunk, are you? I hate these, I, I hate the belligerent drunks that don't have any semblance of what's going on. They have no idea that they're doing anything wrong. No, man, I just, I told you where I wanted to go, man. I told you, man, where I wanted to go. It's the right, it's the left of the right on the the northern side where the building uh, over there left on that right-hand thing. Okay, dude. So if you've seen the video, it's great. But uh, this guy, he got fired from Taco Bell, had a pretty, uh, pretty good position, like a regional manager or something, and he got canned because of that. This is the thing. People don't realize when you drink, there are actually consequences to drinking. Even if you do get a cab, everyone's like, well, the guy should be applauded for getting a cab. No, just because somebody drinks and then they make the right decision to get a cab doesn't mean that. Oh, okay. We just we applaud them because they get a cab. People are like, everyone's way too hard on this guy, man. No, he got into a cab and decided to be belligerent, and he decided to argue with the with the Uber driver. Just some dude, some poor schlub who has to drive at night because the economy is so bad. This guy has to drive a, a has to take up you know using his own vehicle as a cab for a living, and he has to shuttle around dumbasses meth heads and drunks at two o'clock in the morning in the LA area. And that can't be fun at all because people in LA are wacky anyway. And then people that are out at 2 AM in the LA area are even more wacky. So Cal, man, it's just a crazy place. And then, so the poor guy, and then this drunk dude comes in there and you know, he's some Taco Bell muckety muck. Hey, man, can we stop at Taco Bell? I, I can get us a discount, man. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, um, what else? Oh, golf. There's a study out that concludes that golf is boring, but they're trying to make it more interesting. <laughs> they actually are investing money into attempting to make golf less mind-numbingly dull This uh, is being done the USGA said Monday that it plans to invest about 2.5 million dollars over 5 years under a new masters research partnership with University of Minnesota Oh my god the Les Bullstead golf course in St. Paul on the St. Paul campus will serve as a living laboratory as researchers test low maintenance grasses and alternative business models such as pay by the hour and three hour rounds and other ways to spice up golf and make it a little bit more palatable to the average person not just to watch but to play also because a lot of people say i don't really play golf either because it's kind of dull since 1983 the usga says that it has invested 40 million dollars in turf grass and environmental research in college campuses across the country, including the University of Minnesota. But the new partnership will be different, taking on a range of problems facing the game. Quote, we're broadening the scope of the type of questions that we want to ask, said Rand Jarris, USGA Senior Management Director of Public Services. The USGA wants to make the game less expensive, less time-consuming, more fun, in order to increase, increase participation, especially now that Tiger Woods is out of the game and golf has once again gone back to being that really obscure sport that is only relegated to some faraway channel on your cable system on the weekends now. Yeah, I know. Once in a while, CBS throws you a bone and still puts a golf uh, event on or, you know, it's on ESPN here and there because ESPN, they can't put Stephen A. Smith on round the clock. Stephen A. Smith, and Tony Kornheiser. They can't seem to put them on 24-7, so they have to put on something else. And, you know, hockey is just getting underway, and they, they refuse to put hockey back on. They, you know, that's been shoveled off to Outdoor Life or whatever the hell network that's on. So they're going to give you um, golf occasionally. About 24.7 million Americans played golf at least once last year, according to a Sports and Fitness Industry Association survey. That's the fewest since 1995, which is the year Tiger Woods turned pro. And of course, it is uh, down from the all-time historical high of 30 million back in 2005. So yes, fewer people are golfing. Tiger Woods not around, so people just don't have the interest in golf anymore. It really is crazy what that guy meant to the sport. People said, well... Tiger's not bigger than the game. Well, no, no, but bigger than the game, but yeah, I mean, let's keep in mind where golf was at before Tiger Woods came along. Yeah, people occasionally paid attention, but generally it was just old white dudes that watched golf on the weekends. It was a dad thing to do, it was an old white guy thing to do. Yeah, once in a while, I I might pass by, and if I saw. Phil Mickelson or somebody playing, you know, my, maybe I'd watch for a little while or something just to pass the time in between. Yeah, in the commercials for other games that I actually cared about, but it wasn't something that I would just sit there and watch. Maybe if I was in a casino someplace and I was at a bar drinking, I don't know. I can't think of too many scenarios where somebody would just sit down and actively watch. And then Tiger Woods came along, and that's that got a lot of a lot of people excited about it. Not not necessarily me. <laughs> I hardly ever watched golf, but a lot of people were into it. And said that the traditional five-hour, 18-hole golf outing doesn't work for the overscheduled families. And the cost of equipment and high greens fees turn off a lot of the young individuals. Those people that are racking up the big student loan debt. The average golfer's annual household income is $93,000 last year compared with $52,000 for the general population. Quote, we can't afford as an industry to lose a generation, said uh, Brian Hogan, the University of Minnesota professor and turf grass specialist who is leading the USGA partnership for the university. So they're trying to find ways to get more people involved in golf. I I don't know what to tell you about that, guys. Maybe they need to do extreme golf or speed golf, something like that. Just get all the old people out of the way. Just see how fast you can drive the ball and run to the ball and 18 holes. That would be great, but they're just never going to do that. Golf is just too stodgy. There's just too much money in it. Too many old, rich, white upperclassmen. It's just something you're never going to be able to really change or adapt the sport very much. And that's just the way they like it. It's the last bastion for uh, for crazy old white farts everywhere. So that's, that's where it's at. That's golf, man. You, I mean, you can try and reinvent the wheel with that all you want, but I don't think there's really much you can do to make it all that much more affordable or exciting or whatever. That's me, but it seems kind of difficult. When we continue, we have a brand new feature that we want to debut on this program, and we're going to do that. After all, I am a sucker for lists, and it ties in nicely with this new feature. It is, um, it's is—it's great, and this would probably be something that we roll out occasionally because there's certainly enough of this type of stuff going on, enough of these types of people in society that we could do this, at least on a semi-regular basis also I have to talk about a brand new device that's out and this is I just want to conduct some scientific research to see if this new toy works out it's something that you can use in the bedroom even and it's used to measure sexual performance I just need to find somebody to go have sex with uh, I need a female member of the audience please to step up this is strictly scientific research there's nothing creepy or wrong with it we're just testing to see if this device actually works want to see. There's a watch or something. There's a new watch out that measures your sexual performance. And I just want to see if it works. So there's. So we'll talk about that. There's a lot of other stuff still to uh, to get into. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff show. Probably uh, a 90, 90% Michael Groff in the chair for a Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back. Michael show. Broadcasting from a cluttered dungeon that hasn't seen the light of day in years. Zip Code famous, Michael Groff Show. Buried way beneath the sheets, I think she's having a meltdown. a volunteer to help me test out this brand new watch that's out. That was have these new gadgets. I never jump on the bandwagon of any of these. I don't get the calculator watch or the, the Google watch or all these other things. I, I haven't gone out and purchased any of these things yet. But this is one that's interesting. This is by a Madrid-based company called Geeks Me. And they have some watch out that among other things that it can do. It measures the wearer's sexual performance, including keeping track of statistics such as how many calories have been burned and the, quote, intensity of the workout. The GME-1, which also measures fitness, sleep, and the user's ecological footprint, has a special love mode for when you go to get it on. So that's great. Um, (laughs) I'd like to see if this thing works. How is this exactly going to pan out? But it says... um, Yeah, it says it has a special love mode for when you take your exercises to the bedroom. Quote, users can opt to activate G-love mode before they have sex, a spokesperson for the Geeks Me company told... Uh, this website here, they say that, quote, the device has been specially designed to analyze and interpret information of the movements made during sex to allow users to know how many calories have been lost and how much fat has been burned, as well as the intensity of the workout. So you can tell if your lover was good or not, if your, if your session was good. Oh, and you can even, the user can keep track of the start and end time, the duration of the act, how often they have sex, including weekly, monthly, and annual statistics, crafts showing the intensity of of movements. GeeksMe founder Angel Sanchez-Diaz told the local that users can burn from 2 to 11 calories a minute while having sex. Following your workout, the device asks, how was it this time? Offering a choice of emojis bad, regular, normal, good, and great. <laughs> you can even you can even put like stars, you can even put down your, your evaluation of the of the performance. So, yeah, I just need a female to come forward, and we'll do some scientific research. That's how you can pick up some chicks. You can just have a couple of these watches. You go, listen, uh, I just want you to come over, and we'll do some working out together. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Listen, this is just scientific research. You're actually helping science by doing this. Uh, You don't want to set back science, do you? Of course not. We just want to make sure that this all works. It's... um, It's uh, it's great. It's a technology. It's wonderful. The sad emoji. That's something. There's something you don't want to see. Hold on. I'm just just evaluating your terrible performance. Okay. My watch is going to tell me how bad I was. That's really what I need. You know what? Maybe this isn't such a good idea. All right. Anyway, from one exciting idea to the next, here's uh, a brand new feature that we're rolling out here on the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. We call it The Hipster Report. It's an entire subculture that you are, ironically, not cool enough to understand. Well, you can find him at a Starbucks writing a script. He got a wax mustache and suspenders on his hip. He got them $5 shoes and a brand new hair gel yeah, a book. So hang on to your fedora, eat your gluten-free lunch, and fire up that terrible and obscure indie music that you purchased from the coffee shop. Never's only jacket doesn't matter. What the weather doesn't care. How good the movie is, the book is always better. Cause he don't try so fly Steal the neighbor's Wi-Fi. The record's never good enough. He only the stuff. This is the Hipster Report. Drifter, yeah. Professional All right. Because I'm a sucker for lists And this definitely has a hipster element to it When I initially saw this story Or this list I wasn't really sure if it was uh, hipsterish But then, well, you'll see why This falls into the hipster report Alright, here we go Uh, This is a list that Spotify put together uh, Along with a a professor of music This was They did the 20... Best songs to wake up to. In order to create the perfect wake up playlist, Spotify enlisted the help of music psychologist and Cambridge PhD candidate David M. Greenberg. According to Business Insider, Greenberg and Spotify's data team found three key elements that each song needs to have. So these are the three elements that a song needs to have to be a good wake up song. Apparently, it needs to be music that builds. It has to nudge you out of bed gently and then gradually get your energy level up. Okay, It has to have positivity. A song about heartbreak is not going to encourage you to get out from under the covers. And it needs to have a strong beat. If a song makes you feel like dancing, especially one that emphasizes beats two and four in each measure... Usually a song somewhere between 100 and 130 beats per minute. That's going to get you out of bed. That's what they say for this list. I don't know. So, of course, I wanted to see, geez, so what are, What songs are great songs to wake up to in the morning? You know, um, some of them you might be like, okay, I can see that. That should have been, yeah, That that makes sense. But, yeah, you'll see why this falls into the hipster category in a second. Number 20. I love Memphis. Hit the Quan. I've never heard this yeah, song in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. My finish. Finish. I, I, yeah, I'm a fighter. I'm a up. I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. Show you how to hit the Quan. Hit the Quan. Hit the Quan. Hit the Quan. If this came on, I wouldn't want to wake up. I actually I would. I'd wake up very angry. This is a song that they think is good to wake up to. What does hit the quan" even mean? Anyway, number 19, Carly Rae Jepsen with Warm Blood. I've never heard this song before in my life. Wouldn't use Call Me Maybe or that song she did with Owl City, that Good Time song. Those are wake up songs. They're terrible, but. What the hell? Is Carly Ray possessed by the devil? That'll wake you up. Getting possessed? This is Carly Ray Jepson. It's time to get up. And if you don't, I will possess your soul forever. <laughs> that would get me right out of bed, that's for sure. A demonic, a, de- a possessed Carly Ray Jepsen. Anyway, I don't know what's going on in this song. Number 18, it's Mr. Wives' Reflections. never heard this song but sounds like something in one of those bad commercials'm sure my dreams are new dove bites now with half the calories number 17 imagine dragons on top of the world <laughs> I haven't heard this song. I've heard a couple of their other tunes. I don't mind Imagine Dragons. It's just one of those things that, first of all, I don't like the way their music is recorded very loudly, or it's overproduced, or something. It sounds like everything is like right right kind of weird. Anyway, sixteen, Katrina and the Waves, walking on sunshine. You might say, Why is this on the hipster report? Anybody that has to have scientific analysis of the best songs to wake you up, and then you put something on there like Hit the Quan and Reflections, some of these songs, we're going to go through this list. But I guarantee you, if you're honest with yourself out there, most of you haven't heard of at least 60% of the songs on this list. Obviously everyone's heard of Katrina and the Waves that's over the age of about 25 Anyway 15 Clean Bandit rather be song, I really don't even mind this tune. I have to tell you the truth. I actually have heard of this song. and I mean, it is kind of, I think it was or is currently on the pop chart someplace. It does, again, it's another one of these songs that sounds like Ellie or Ella Golding or whatever, but a lot of songs that sound exactly like this, but for some reason, this one I'm okay with. I don't know. Number 14. This supposedly will help wake you up. Mark Ronson, feel, right. feel right, in this mother- right. Yeah, we had to bleep this, by the way. How night. does this help wake you up? Some guy yelling the F word at you in the morning. Anyway, Felix Jean or Jean or whatever at number 13. Ain't nobody loves me better. Loves me better makes me happy, makes me feel it sounds like that reflection song. It sounds like Ellie Golding. It sounds like, uh, rather be. Uh, This is my wake-up playlist. I have to go find my fedora. Excuse me. I think I've heard somebody with this ringtone. Number 12 on the wake-up song list. John Newman. Come and get it. no idea. I've never heard this. this so you know. Alright, now we're going real deep for number 11. Real deep. Esperanza Spalding. Spalding, rather. I Can't Help It. Whoops, here you go. I can't help it. If I wanted to, I wouldn't help it. Even if I could, I can't help it. If I wanted to, I wouldn't help it. This is The Morning Report on NPR. No. The Morning Report is brought to you by Wendelin's Cookies on 15th Avenue, just south of 3rd Street. Proud sponsors of NPR here on 91.5 KJCC. Good morning, hipsters. 11 minutes past the hour. Make sure to comb your beard this morning. It's forty-five degrees out. All right, number ten, Sam Smith, "Money on My Mind." I do I don't get it. None of these songs would really wake me up. Please don't get me wrong. Not in a good way anyway. Number nine. Haley Steinfeld love myself. I do believe this is a song about masturbating, by the way. I'm serious about that. 8 is the ultimate hipster band. This is Arcade Fire, man. Anyway, uh, this is called uh, Wake Up. Do You have to have a song in your Wake Up playlist that says Wake Up. Although I don't think the words Wake Up ever actually appear in this song. I don't know. Time for a new direction. The Hyundai Elantra. I mean, these are like car commercial songs. You want to be woken up by songs that they use in car commercials and... and Diet. Snacks and... And of course, it's not a list unless Demi Lovato's in it. Here's Confident at number seven. What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? Uh-huh. We had a song about masturbation. Now we have a song about a chick that really gets her freak on and wants to be all... Being have chains and whips and stuff. It's time to get the chains actually, I'm getting to the point where I'm even okay with this song now. I hear this song everywhere, so I'm just, I'm accepting it as... It's everywhere. I might as well be alright with it. Plus, you know, who doesn't like a song about a chick that, you know, really likes to get freaky? Number six, Pentatonix. Can't sleep, love. Again, these are the according to Spotify and music psychologist. Who's this guy again? Let's see. Yeah. David M. Greenberg. They say that these are the 20 best songs to wake up to. I'm not in for the money. Yeah. All right. And of course, number five, here's another song with the words wake up in it. This is Avicii with Wake Me Up. Well, you knew this had to be on the list. This is such a hipster thing, this list. Oh, my God. Of course. I think of this song I, I just think of like a mall there's this there's this mall in Tampa and uh, I can't remember the name of it now but it's like some it's like some very suburban-ish mall very nice mall and this is the kind of music I, I imagine that you hear in just any mall USA by the way, if you like this part of the song, good because that's all this song does for the next like 4 minutes. Da 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 da, da. Music today is very very complex. All right, number 4, a song that every time I go to Oso, down by my house, it's a brewery, uh, like a microbrew place and restaurant. This song is always on in there. Withers' Lovely Day. And I know it's gonna be. Get ready for this one long sustaining note. A lovely day. Fit. Apparently I can't sustain a note at all because if I do that, then bad things happen. All right, uh, number three. I-, I don't know how these songs are supposed to help wake you up, but they do. Oh, this one will. Oh, yeah, it'll wake you up all right. Lamore and Ryan Lewis, Downtown. I'm downtown. through the alley. in the street like ballet. Pulled to the on the wheels like mayonnaise. Uh, number 2 I thought these were supposed to nudge you awake not just jar you out of bed I don't get I don't get this McLemore phenomenon at all anyway saint lucia elevated number 2 I might wake up to this, maybe. And the number one song on the list. I have to tell you, I think our drum roll's working. Let's see. Here we go. This is, I can't believe this. The number one song to wake up to, according to some geek and Spotify, Don't Tell (laughs) <laughs> Don't tell Joe Satriani It's Viva La Vida Really? Because it builds, man It's got a good beat But it doesn't jar you awake And Coldplay, who wouldn't want to wake up with Chris Martin, man? Alright That makes sense Alright, well, there you go. That is uh, the the 20 best songs to wake up to, apparently. I really disagree with most of them. That's part of the Hipster Report. Ladies and gentlemen, really do appreciate that. <laughs> Glad you checked out that feature. The reason, again, anytime you have like music scientists breaking down songs to wake up to, I, I would say at least more than half of those songs no one even knows or has ever heard of kind of went deep for a few of those. So, I don't know. So, my wake-up songs, man. I have to have my wake-up soundtrack. You ever have somebody say to you something like, man, I have a special wake-up playlist, dude. Okay. Why can't you just be like a normal person and turn on the radio or just put on something random or watch TV or whatever or just get up have some coffee no man um I have to have a soundtrack that puts me in the mood for my day uh, my day when someone says my day um my my day I have to get my day started with a specific soundtrack man hold on excuse me I have to uh I have to further dishevel my beard first man Okay. The number of times Someone uses man in a sentence Usually (laughs) tells you How hipster they are So anyway that's your hipster report New feature here on the zip code Famous Michael Groff show Thank you so much for listening Checking us out Show at gmail.com man So why don't you like Email us and give us some feedback bro And um Calculated bros Those are hipsters um, yeah man um, And if you want you can totally donate to us Groffshow at gmail.com Is our paypal address Donate man Cause otherwise you're like Stealing uh, Also Michael Groff on twitter And for everything else Michael Groff related MichaelGroff.com is the place to go You can subscribe that way every time A brand new episode of this program is posted You will be notified That is the one and only MichaelGroff.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Man. Today's show was brought to you by M&M's. They melt in your mouth, and they'll melt in your butt if you put them in there, too. And by Metamucil. Dump with confidence. And by Tampex. They're better than using a pillow. This concludes the Michael Groff Show broadcast day.